Welcome to the Yellow Pill Podcast. My name is Wale. And my name is Toby. Each week, we take on familiar dilemmas and wicked problems that we all face. On the Yellow Pill, you can expect intimate conversations and provocative questions that can change the way you experience the world. So, shall we begin? Hi guys, welcome to a new episode of the Yellow Pill Podcast. But first of all, you know we're going to talk about it, if you don't know already, it's the Yellow Pill Junkies campaign. It's still going on. The link is still in our bio. And the point of it is for us to get you know better. As Walu would always say, like you say this weird phrase every time we talk about this, that there's, we would love nothing more than to get to know you better. Like, and you said it so many times. I'm so like, I just want to, man. No, you didn't. In the same, like you said it, I, I cut one of it out. If you're thinking about listening to the episode, I had to cut one of it out just so you know. Um, but yeah, <laughs> just... Um, Fair enough. But guys, yeah, the link is in our bio. Um, thank you for those who filled it out already. Um, like Wale mentioned, uh, there's a Amazon voucher up for grabs um, once we run this campaign. I think we're running it for 10 weeks. This is week three as you're listening to this. So still got time to, to fill it out if you haven't already. Um, you can pause the episode now or you can multitask. Like, you know, listen to the episode and <laughs> go fill it out. It would take you about seven minutes, I think which will be when the meat part of this episode will probably kick in as well so it's all well and good so uh thank you for filling it out hopefully you get to win the amazon voucher um if you do great if you don't you know that's all still great because we got to know you better eventually but anyways welcome to a new episode um and today we're talking about what my young friend actually not so young anymore but i don't know where that came from but it's just just carry on why is it that you just can't handle yourself with this is interest <laughs> long yeah yeah uh my laptop is freezing we're talking about materialism guys as simple as that yeah um materialism consumerism whatever it is but i think in a very simple way i just want to ask start by asking how many clothes do we really need <laughs> that question. amen to that and and I, how and often I, how often do you need to change your clothes even what do you mean by change your clothes? Like, like change your wardrobe. No, no, no. Change your wardrobe. Oh. People, everybody do that jazz um, quite a bit. Um, but yeah, carry on. I mean, it's a good point because I know it's a weird way to start, but let's just, let's give you a bit of backstory. Well, my backstory, why, why I put this on the, on the list. So like, normally, here's how my day usually goes. I'd have, I'd have a lot of clothes, right? To be fair. When I moved over here, I'm squeezing my face right now, but anyways, because, yeah, go on. If you don't have a lot of clothes, then I don't know what I, what I have then, but carry on. Okay, because it brings my flats, doesn't exactly. mean that thing. <laughs> I don't have that many clothes. Yes, fair, fair enough, fair enough. It so looks like a lot, but actually it's not. Yeah. If you think about it. Yeah. Because shirt-wise, just... I probably have about 10 shirts. Bro, that's a lot. That's not a lot of shirts. We're not talking about t-shirts. Talking about shirts here, bro. That's Anyways, not a lot of shirts. Maybe I'm just weird um, on the other spectrum of it. Actually, I, I, I don't know how many shirts I have, but I don't yeah. think I have about twenty shirts. No. Yeah. Um. But again, my normal lifestyle for the last five years has been casual outfits, so mm. sweatshirts, jumpers, hoodies, and jeans. Right. Yeah. And then obviously that kind of sips into what you own. But before I was before I got there, before I got sidetracked, I was gonna say coming into the UK, I pretty much came in without any clothes. 
Yeah, like a reset. Like a reset. For whatever reason. Very yeah. dumb idea, to, in my opinion. <laughs> in hindsight. Yeah. Um, but I did. And then... Began to build a wardrobe again. Mm-hmm. Right? And then my lifestyle obviously got to the point where... I'm conscious of the fact that if I wear this outfit today... Yeah, mm-hmm. I know that I can't wait in two days. Okay. Let's even say I can't wait in three days. Mm. Right? So I'm just being honest, guys. Yeah. And then, maybe like down the line, you get into, you grow older and like, you know what? That three days are going to expand into like five, seven, eight, nine, ten days. Right? Mm. And then obviously I became a, a most I became like most people who would just try to spread out your wearing of clothes, right? Which is an algorithm that I'm not sure I'll, I'll, I'll actually configure. So maybe, maybe so let me start by asking people like, how do you guys configure your algorithm of clothes wearing? <laughs> do you do you keep do you keep in mind okay I want this today I can't wear it next week or do you just wear whatever is clean or do you go by a sense of mood. How do you do that? Answer that um, in your confines. No, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, let me, I'll hold let me on. My, my yeah. backstory. And then, obviously, I had to move out, as you guys heard in the episode we did four weeks ago. And then, when I moved out temporarily out of my flat, my, I, had, I had everything I owned in storage, and I moved into my my friend my friend's house and her family. And because I thought I was going to be there for two weeks i had just a small suitcase mm. right and then i probably had about two hoodies two sweatshirts two one one cargo two two, two, two cargo pants mm. that's it and one pair of shoes yeah and normally that's like a five like that's like equally five days or six days of 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 outfits, mm. right? And then I ended up being there for seven weeks. Mm. And my life, my life, my mentality changed when I realized <laughs> that I can actually survive on. on five, six shirts, jumpers, hoodies. Yeah. Five outfits. Yeah. Every week, the same thing. Mm-hmm. And be okay. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, I felt free knowing that I didn't have to choose outfits mm. think about it but also i felt free knowing that there's legit reason why i have to wear these clothes every week yeah and i don't care yeah <laughs> and then i'm gonna think if i'm actually if i've lived seven weeks with these clothes with the rest of my clothes being locked up how many clothes do i really need in life and if i need more than if i need seven times four to make it so that one, I can have one outfit appearing once a month ha. in the streets. I'm just making a, an hypothetical yeah, thing. Yeah, shall finish, finish. Where is that coming from? What is the algorithm? Who is pushing that? Why do we feel like we have to have certain things come at certain points as outfits? Mm. Also, why do we also save clothes for good occasions and not wear them because they're new? So that is what brought us to this topic, if anybody's asking. 
maybe that's all you that's all bros you to this topic because me <laughs> the idea of of clothes and what you've just described that's like when you mentioned you don't have a lot of clothes i'm like i've seen your wardrobe and compared to what i think a lot of clothes is well no i don't have a lot of clothes and my own not a lot of clothes is a lot lower than your own not a lot of clothes. you know what is funny i think yeah. if you live in the uk you have more clothes than i, than I do i know i know i know you definitely because what you bought the way you were spending money when you came hey calm down now wait <laughs> i was say for context okay for, okay you yes planned it fair exactly you and planned i it. and i buy i only go shopping like that like every time i'm in the uk which is like once every three or four years fair so, enough uh-huh. fair enough uh-huh. but i've never bought clothes like the way you bought clothes in my life before <laughs> I'm just saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Most time, like when mm. if I buy a shirt, or I buy anything. Maybe I'm buying something. And I said, "Oh, it's on sale." Yeah. I just cop it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So probably bad habits when I'm in the UK. Like, uh, like I told, I think I was telling someone. Like for me, every time I was in the UK, like it's been twice now. I was like, I wake up and shopping is like part of my routine for the day like and sometimes it's going around just walking around different stores and again it's because i know i'm not going to be able to get anything when i get back to wherever i'm coming from so that's kind of like the context but um this is an episode for those that are listening is materialism and not necessarily about like clothes i think it expands beyond that to possessions and things like that but to answer your question well i think maybe environment and different things come into play here um because for me, even thinking back to the days of ISI and uniforms and things like that, some people had only like two uniforms, um, like two pairs of shirts and two shorts, and they would have to like cycle through them in a day. I had five, right? Um, but I had four, like but three. Bear in mind that we had five, so question, but we had five yeah. because it was, was, it was a reason for functionality. Yeah. So you can wash once a once week. Once a week, yeah. Because yeah. Our ISI uniforms were this, they're the same thing. Yeah, yeah, Blue. yeah. Shirt, black trousers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, for me, even in those days, although I had five pairs, um, five shirts, there, there were like one or two that I didn't really like the way they sat on me. They weren't the same. Yes, so yes, there, exactly. There's, there's always the there's always that outfit amongst the norms. I was just like, ah, <laughs> I have to wear this again. So like, what is today? This guy, this guy, don't call my face again. <laughs> Yeah, and then so sometimes I'll kind of like have to wash in the middle of the week just to save me the trouble of having to wear that. And there's some weeks you're like, I didn't even have insurance. I can't even do that. Um, but fast forward to you, I think for me, I never really thought of, for me, I just needed enough clothes to get me like through through the week. That's how I thought about it. And it was very functional. So I, I mm. tend to, I, I t- like the way I shop is that I buy, if I find something I really like, I just buy multiple versions of the same thing, maybe in different colors. Um, so my style didn't really used to, I know it was, I, it's, so for like four, five, six years of my life, I was thinking very functional. I didn't want any additional decision to have to make about like clothes or things like that. So, um, even for going to, uh, to places, I had dress shirts, but it was the same kind of material and texture, but just different patterns, but it was the same kind of thing. So wherever you see me, you're almost like, so maybe there was one that was maybe slightly bigger and then one had a mm. more like tighter fit. Um, but it was basically like the same vibe. And even now that I've gone like, you know, shopping to the, like, and all of those things, like one of my key things of going to the, uh, when I went to the UK to to shop was, um, I tried to mix things up a bit and buy things that necessarily I wouldn't see myself wearing. And I tried to accessorize a bit, but I feel like I've still fallen back into my relatively old habits because right now I'm looking at a bunch of clothes and there's a shirt that I'm like, Oh, 
actually have that and i really liked it when i bought it and then the first two times i wore it was really great but i've just naturally like devolved back into like my routines and sometimes like i just from where i'm going and i only go to a couple of places dancing and church um and dancing i don't like wearing my really great stuff to dance because you're just going to sweat and everything right so um and that makes them go through too many wash cycles for me um and then church my church is really chill heel songy kind of vibe so there's no reason to like some people choose to dress up i just wear jeans and a shirt sometimes and maybe i sometimes i do something a bit fancy like throw a jacket on but that's that's it i feel like shoes i have a lot more of um but even then i still default because i only like to dance in some of the other shoes that i have but anyways i think the way i think about some of these material possessions a lot of times is about functionality and that's been the case for me like for a long time now someone can argue maybe it's a thing of you know, if you had a lot more money and a lot more disposable income, maybe that would force you to, you know, do a couple more things. But I know people that earn maybe not as much as I do in that sense, but have way more variety of stuff. Um, and, you know, for me, it's just not a thing. So um, I find the idea of materialism quite, obviously, it, it appears in people's lives in different ways. For some people, it's like they have to have the latest XYZ or whatnot. For some people, it's like, you know, I can't open my wardrobe and, I like to be confused when I open my wardrobe to have different options. You know, I need to sit down and think about what I'm going to wear for 30 minutes or five, you know, 15 minutes or so. For some people, it's like gadgets. For some people, it's like cars. Some people, it's where they live. So I don't know. What's your own vibe when it comes to materialism and what areas of your life have you sort of like identified as a place that maybe you're slightly more materialistic than you'd like to be? Good question. Let's first define materialism. Okay. Um, so according to Miriam Webster, apologies if you don't, dig Mariam Resta, but yeah. Mm -hmm. The preoccupation, keyword, mm. preoccupation with or st stress upon material rather than intellectual or spiritual things. Now, this definition is, is interesting because they suggest other versions of other areas yeah. which they are assuming which we have to be preoccupied with. Mm. So I'm not sure whether that's, that, that definition is already <laughs> following a philosophical yeah. assumption about human beings or what we should be preoccupied with, right? Mm. So mm. let's find another definition that is a bit more... Academic? Inclusive. Okay, inclusive. All right. Inclusive. Inclusive. Well, actually, no, let's find an academic definition because uh, we academics tend to... Um, Say we. I'm, I'm still an academic, technically. You yeah, are please. I, I if if you're not who, <laughs> if you're not who, who then? Who uh, then? <laughs> oh gosh, who then? You know, guys, it's been interesting living the academic world. To be honest, um, mm. I'm just wondering. It's been very interesting, and I'm and I can see how people lose, lose themselves. But anyway, mm. back to our definition of of materialism. Yeah. So I found a good one, which is not particularly academic, but it's just a decent one online mm. that I think maybe challenges that one a little bit. It's just saying that the belief that possessions and money is the most important thing in life. Mm. Um, there is that one. You know, there's also one that says it is the attitude someone touches a lot, of money, a lot of importance to money and one's possess a lot of material things. Mm. Um, so you can see various definitions of materialism out there. Um, some say yeah. it's a belief, some say it's attitude, some say it's, it's a 
preoccupied kind of way of living. Mm. But the, I think the, the key themes from all these definitions are just the fact that someone who's materialistic is drawn heavily towards material objects. Physical things. Yeah. Things that money can buy. Possessions. Yeah. And I guess the first question, I know, I know you asked me a question, but I think taking yeah. a step back, first thing I should ask is, why is that the case that people are drawn towards material things? Or why do people attach a lot of importance to material things? The obvious answer for things like money is maybe obviously survival. Yeah. Right. Keeping your, your, keeping your present self comfortable as well yeah. as your future self. Right. So mm. you want to get more money so that you are good today, but also in 10 years. Mm. Fair enough. But when we then use the word of being obsessed. Yeah. Right. Or being preoccupied. There's the assumption there that we are okay without what we are wanting. Mm. But we still want those things. So why might people be preoccupied or stressed upon material possessions and money? Beyond so, just the need to survive, when survival is already ticked off the box. Now that yeah. is our standpoint today. Yeah. So I think for me, I feel I feel like for some people, and the way I see it is that sometimes it might be a thing of a means to an end, um, and the end that a lot of people want, regardless of if getting stuff is the way to get there. Sometimes it feels like the only answer or the obvious answer. Right. So you want respect. Um, you can either you can get respect in a lot of ways, but the way that feels more surface level and easy to access a lot of times is getting money. <laughs> right. You want love. You know, there's a way you can ma- organize your life and get right, material right. things and get that. So I feel like because I, I don't think you meet anybody that they're hoarders, people that want stuff because they want stuff. And those are hoarders. But I think, you know, because when you, when you were defining materialism, the question that was coming to my head was, you know, I don't think you point at anybody or anybody, you ask anybody a question, are you materialistic? Nobody will readily say yes, right? Because for them, there's a reason they want what they want. They don't just want it for the thing itself. But it's like, how do you then, like how, how do you then analyze what it is that you really want to actually dig through why you want it and why you think the way to get it is by organizing your life around you know, this particular, you know, thing or money or whatever to help you get that thing itself. So I think as you were talking, that was the thing I was, that was coming to my mind that for mm. a lot of people, it's a means to an end. And I think that then maybe pushes the question to everybody listening to say, well, if you find yourself, and this is for me as well, if you find, you find yourself wanting stuff, um, for example, if you want a new TV, mm. <laughs> Which which I which I wanted last, last, <laughs> last two weeks. But if you want a new TV or you want a new outfit or you want more money. Yeah. A better and, job. Yeah. No, that 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 won't fall under materialistic possessions. Uh, we'll get there, but the, there's there's that but go on. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But if you want possessions more than you currently own. Yeah. The question then is if what you want isn't solving a problem. Or in or in need, then why do you really want it? Becomes the next question. Mm. 
And you can say, I want it because it looks nice. Okay. But why do you want it because it looks nice? Or why do you feel looking nice is something you need? Yeah. Or you want. Time. Yeah. Then you can say, well, I want to feel nice because whenever I go outside, I want people to think of me a certain way. Okay. Well, why do you want people to think of you <laughs> a certain way? Right. So my point is, I think you made a very good point in saying means to an end because there would be at least five, six questions that if you're doing a problem brain swarming approach to break things down mm. um, in a classic, um, isn't it, what's it called? Six stage problematization. I can't remember what they call it in the business world. Mm. But you ask yourself like six questions that will get you to the root cause. Mm. You know, it's a classic, it's a classic technique in business, business world. And I think what you just said, it mirrors that because I bought a new TV eventually, <laughs> right? And if I'm doing that for myself and I'm going to say, okay, well, why did I want that new TV? Was it solving a problem? No, because my other TV was working fine, mm. right? I wanted to buy a new TV because it was bigger. Okay, well, why did, you, why did I want a bigger TV? I wanted to enjoy my, my movie watching even better. Yeah. Is, that, is that the only reason? Okay, maybe not. Maybe I also wanted a new TV because it looks nicer. Yeah. Is that the only reason? Okay, maybe not. Maybe I also wanted a new TV because I wanted to have a space where my TV can fit the idea of a space I want in my head. Mm. okay now we're talking okay why do you want that kind of space yeah all right okay well maybe i want that kind of space because i think if i'm Says something if I, about if i if i enter a new phase in life i want to have something to reflect that too mm. okay well why do i need to have that reflection um mm. since since i'm still in that new phase anyway why, <laughs> why why would a tv mark that or maybe because i want to give myself that mental clarity that I, move, I moved on from the old to the new and the new status in life yeah okay well is that only for you or is that for somebody else somebody else who is it for right mm. so yeah. what i've just done now is just use one one example of a tv to go as far as saying me buying that me buying this tv was not just for a new screen or a bigger screen yeah there are deeper reasons in terms of me having having, a, having an idea of where i am at the moment yeah but like as you were talking and just asking yourself the why questions, I think mm. the flip thing I was thinking about was. Oh, and that, by the way, everything I was about this TV now, guys, was really on the spots. I didn't, I didn't plan. That, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah. But you know what? What the thought I was coming through my head was, was that you can kind of like do that for almost everything, and you can probably like beat anything you get or any possession you have down to the point where there's a world and a version of a world that exists where maybe you didn't need that thing. And you, maybe we do it for everything. And then, was that really a life everybody wants to live in that sense? Because, no. exactly, because um, I like to do this where I mirror the things that we talk about in scripture and some of the things. When uh, Mary crashed her alabaster box with the oil and you used her hair to wipe Jesus' feet, like one of the disciples was like, come on, like, why? <laughs> you understand right and i think we can look at that from a perspective and be like yeah you know what was the point in doing that could any other could the even what jesus said was the reason like you are you have me with you for now 
all of those kind of things like something else could have represented that sort of like same vibe without doing this so i'm saying all that to say is that i don't think Wale and i are talking about this thing because we want everybody to now like feel guilty about everything that you purchase or whatnot but oh no <laughs> i mean i just yeah. told you guys about how buying a tv was probably a reckless decision but i did it anyway <laughs> So the realization, bro. How many reckless decisions, bro? But um, I think maybe what we're just saying, maybe it's like I don't. We don't even know what we're saying yet because we're just you know fifteen twenty minutes into this conversation. But you know, we're um, asking questions. That's what we're doing. Pretty much. We're not, pretty we're much. We're not giving answers. Yeah. And maybe another question mm. to ask is materialism that we're speaking about. I think very prevalent in our world for sure. Yeah. And a lot of us talk about how the most important thing for us to have is, is some, some sense of development in this prosperity material sense. Mm. That's the lens at, at which the world almost functions. If, if they want to rank Nigeria as a country, GDP. Yeah. Mm. If your government or position wants to campaign, talks about economic development, of course, which is good because more money means um, but my, more money means everybody in the economy probably gets um, an easier life mm. or a less difficult life. Mm-hmm. But the lens as we they communicate development or improvement is often in the material sense across the world. So our systems already preach that. Mm. Well, you might say, well, what, what's the alternative? Because mm. that's what I was going to say now because I do feel like some governments have started to try to measure things differently, particularly the Nordic regions where, you know, yes, there's GDP and all of that, but they're now trying to optimize a lot more where exactly metrics because, you know, you cannot put like, I think we all know this thing about like money and, and just, you know, the sense of having stuff, physical things and how it's, it fails. Like at some point it doesn't, it, more of it doesn't drive the impacts that we think it mm. does drive. But I think we're just in this world, and I have a point here that talks about the role of media and advertising, is that we're just in this world where that's the only thing you're kind of like seeing. And that's the only thing you're seeing. That's the only thing you're seeing. You know, you know what's funny? Sorry to cut you off again. Is no I just realized, no, actually, I, I, I think I realized on the podcast like last year and a half ago where I said, the entire the entire universe of of technology is just about ads. Mm, yeah, that's yeah. mind blowing. If, <laughs> if you just deep it, mm. the entire universe of technology is about ads. If you're watching a pitch for any app, any startup that involves a digital product, which we consume on our phones, how are you make, making money? Well, we're going to run ads. Well, mm. ads are the fundamental. Facebook still needs ads. Yeah. Even Google, the great Google, still needs ads. Yeah. So, I mean, my point is just better. You know, if you go to Times Square in New York, flip, flipping out, those mm-hmm. ads are in your face <laughs> in the lights. Never yeah. been there, though. I like to go there. Yeah. But the point is, I've seen that on TV many times. Yeah. <laughs> and I can imagine. You know, I, so some people might make the argument of sort of like, um, obviously, this is more common with business to consumer, yeah, like B2C, you know, products and all of those things. But if you think about some of the B2B businesses, some of the B2Bs are serving businesses that are serving other customers. So oh, yeah. still every, a, I mean, still all ties um, back. Um, yeah. I work in a B2B. Every yeah. B2B is functioning to serve <laughs> a B2C. <laughs> a B2C, yeah. 
or a bit to B to a bit to C. Or uh-huh. a bit to B to C. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So in the end, who's who's buying? <laughs> people. People. And then how do you get those people? Ads. Um, you know. So I was just saying that to put your point, like it re- reflects real- how the world mm-hmm. is working. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. on that currency of consumerism. Yeah. And materialism. Yep. So it's a difficult task to think differently, first of all, because mm-hmm. your your entire world, people, is working on that metric. But again, let me emphasize that we're speaking about, about possessions that are not needs. We're speaking, we, we're not speaking about somebody who doesn't have water, food, food, food yeah. and stuff. Someone doesn't have Maslow, com- so, comfort. Yeah, Maslow's hierarchy. Of we're speaking on when all those things have been solved. Mm. Right. What? Hence my, my, my example with TV. <laughs> my, not TV, but my, okay. my clothes. Okay. Yeah. My yeah. seven day clothes. Right. Yeah. So do we think materialism is also religion in a sense? Because <laughs> when we think about people define religions, by people, I mean people who are often opposed to religions in the atheistic sense. Mm. And one of the words or phrases that they, te- that, that they often, I won't say seldom, but they often espouse is about the, the organization, the blind, the blind organization of people around, around mm. the ideas. Mm. And I can almost see that in a lot of things, right? Let me let me know. You said something that might be controversial, but one starts with okay. Ignore that. But <laughs> one example I'll give that that is, that is not controversial is is the phones. I mean, I think I, I think now we are maybe slowing down a bit. Mm. But my God, like the idea that Apple is going to release a phone, mm. the idea of like all those tech tech releases or whatever yeah. they call them and like everybody lines up and they have like this dark room and everybody's <laughs> those are like mimicking organized <laughs> yeah like the the apple shows and the uh the, the wwdc i think there was something developer conference like every time google does their io events like yeah to be fair like it's almost like a church conference if you think about it but obviously kind of like is. yeah but again there's obviously differences we i'm not saying because it's synonymous with yeah with obviously act. no mm. I'm, when i'm, I'm mm. not stupid and mm. I, and also i don't think it's stupid to even think that, 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 <laughs> that i think that yeah. right but i think our point is just saying that if society itself the currency of society the os of society is towards economic development across mm. all levels across mm. all levels all levels then our system of thinking is already embedded in that right because we have been told that the country's success or a government success or a in, or industry success is measure, measurable based on dollar figure that probably increases by the zeros after every three years yeah versus countries where you know, they, they consider things like happiness and well-being, mm. aka Denmark. Mm. Um, not advocating for Denmark or anything, but I'm just mm. giving an example as, a, as, as an alternative. Yeah. Right. But back on materialism, so if our structures are set up that way, mm. first thing that way, and if we know that we have to ask many questions to get to the root cause of why we want things, then can we classify materialism as good or bad? And when can it be either? Particularly when it never goes at detriment of anybody else. So that's the thing, like, 
I feel like Tough the fact question to, yeah. to answer. <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. So the, the first thing I was thinking when you're talking about it is that for it to like, looking at all the different definitions that you gave of materialism, I think it became, I feel like the origin of the word and people thinking about it was to identify something that was a problem. So it's hard to say, you know, is there a version of it that is good? Do you get? So maybe we're talking not about the word materialism, but the idea of that materialism represents in terms of the acquisition of stuff. Like, is there a world where that is good? So I feel like that's what you're asking here. Um, and what I would say is that... Oh, no, I'm asking both, maybe. Even on a um, person sense. What do you mean, like... Like, you, you took that as me saying materialism being good or bad on a sense of a world, like a system. Like oh, a, okay. But I mean that, but also most like more, more of people. People. Yeah. So I think the I, my understanding of materialism, right, is sort of like what you're choosing to focus on and organize your life around. I've said this organize your life phrase like a couple of times today, and that's just because that's how I see it. So, um, and that's the definition I saw somewhere that stood out to me, that materialism is like organizing your life around the ability to acquire more material mm. things, right? And I think the key phrase there is not the acquisition of material things, but it's the organization of life. Like, you know, how are you prioritizing the things that are important to you? You understand? Like if, for example, um, you got a, a better offer for a job in like, an, uh, you, you got a better offer, but that means moving away from family, um, you know, moving away from the people that you love and maybe giving up a few personal things to get that, you know, better pay in that sense. Now, I feel like the world has shaped, there's a way to paint that narrative as, yes, you have to make some sacrifices to get, you know, that long-term thing that you want. But I feel like there's just this thing where, because of, again, the way our world is centered around the money thing, maybe at the start, we wanted to do it because there was something better that we were chasing. Like wanted to get that money to get something else. But you kind of realize, we talked about this in the lifestyle creep thing. I think it also plays here where at the end of the day, you're just always looking for that next thing because the, I don't know, the longer you go on that journey and the more you don't really reassess what it is, there's always going to be something else. You know, we talk about this thing where, you know, sometimes when I reflect, I'm like, if the life I had in say 2019, if someone went to me as a kid in 2003 when I was getting into ISI, and was going to tell me that in 2019, this is where you'd be. Like in my mind, I'm like, you, I'd, I feel like I was an ambitious kid. But if they defined that for me from where I was sitting, right, my mind would be like, yes, absolutely. Like looking forward to that. That would be like the height of life. I'll be fine then. But obviously as you get closer to it, you know, you get exposed more to life. Um, and you sort of like have different desires and wants. And like, do they ask you in GSS one if you were going to get a PhD? Like, bro, like, <laughs> what would your answer have been, right? Um, but now we're in this phase where you've then gotten that, and there's almost like a what next question you have to answer, right? And somehow everything just always ties back to the fact that we're in this world where to almost live the life that you want, it feels like you need to have this benchmark of stuff. And things you understand, like, and I don't want to. I don't want to talk about. I don't want to make it seem that the world is not getting like a more expensive place to live in. So even if you choose a baseline, inflation and everything, just even the way the world works, in about two or three years, your baseline just becomes less than it used to be, right? And so the idea is that 
if we now say that's your end point, what happens when inflation and all these things kick in? So I get that part as well. But that's why I said the key thing is the organization of your life around it, which is why I don't think materialism, to go back to your question, can ever really appear in anybody's life as a good thing. Like maybe it might drive people to be a lot more ambitious. Um, but I think there's better ways to drive ambition than this need to acquire more stuff in that sense. I don't know if that sort of like ties it all together. Yes, it does a little bit. And there's some things that are conflicting in, in what I was thinking. Mm. One is materialism also links to human beings' hedonic adaptation states. Please explain because that was like a... So hedonic adaptation is the idea or the fact, not sure, that I think everybody knows what I'm talking... No, no, everybody will know what I'm talking about and explain it. That as a human being, you have a level of a baseline, as you said, right? Mm. And there's like a peak goal or feeling or place you want to be mm. right that 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 your current baseline feels like paradise mm. and you get to that paradise but you, you but you adapt to that paradise and it becomes normal mm. and, and then you and then paradise. you don't see that paradise as paradise anymore because it becomes your normal state mm. but you didn't you didn't want something else you didn't mm. want you didn't have another another target for for a huge dopamine release that's the heading adaptation. Let me just fact check this before I proceed. I, I believe that's the definition. I think because I'm I'm so, quite so. sure of that because I've read about this before. Yes. yes. Okay. It, the only difference is that I give you a better metaphorical story. <laughs> Please. But yeah. the definition on the internet is just about <laughs> that the notion that after positive or negative events, um, a subsequent increase in positive or negative feelings, you you turn to a, a, a stable. Relative, relatively stable state. Yeah. So the only difference between this and what I said is that you, this can also happen negatively. In a negative sense, yeah. Negative sense. But based on what you were saying, I mm. realized like there's certain perspective of materialism that exists out there in terms of, because you use the word acquired and you use the word you don't think can be good, a good state. So there's like a couple of perspectives of which materialism has been viewed. So, sorry, mm. to get, sorry to get academic, guys. Just a little bit mm-hmm. recap. So one is whether it is good or bad, which is worth certain. But the other is whether it is innate or we acquire it in the world. Mm. So basically, I'm asking you guys out there, do you think, do you think materialism, but no, regardless of what, what yeah. level you are, <laughs> yeah. something you acquired, something you were born with? Mm. And if it was acquired, is it acquired and good? Is it acquired and bad? Mm. If it's if it's we are born with this, were you born with them? It's a good thing, mm. or is it a bad thing? So I'm going to run through a couple of perspectives on that. So there is a perspective of, um, I think Freud, and, and and some ancient Greeks who talk about how the only the only real things we feel is pain and pleasure, mm. and materialism as, as 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 a quality itself is good, and that's because. It helps us meet what pleasure, mm. right? As material object or the material experience. And that's just talking about how, you know, if you decide purpose of life is to is to simply be ple- live a pleasurable life, that's the only real thing you can feel. So that way it's innate and good, if that makes sense. Right. Mm. So it's almost like we've evolved to prefer material things 
because it signals traits that might increase how we appear in society. And that's part of the desire to achieve pleasure. Because from that point of view, pleasure and pain are the only real things that exist. Mm. Right. Now, there's those who then say, yes, it's also innate, but it is bad. Right. Okay. And this is where it comes from a lot of religion perspectives. Mm. Right. So whether it's um, Hinduism, you know, whether it's Buddhism, even Christianity as well. Um, says it's part of who we are, the original scene, right? Mm. And it's, it's bad. And it's our job to, to curb that for us to grow spiritually. Which, which mm. spiritual, our spiritual teachings teach us that growth in spirituality, in spirituality is often inversely correlated with mm. your reduction in materialism. Yeah. Right? So that's two perspectives that look at it as we are born with this thing. Yeah. It's who we are. But one is saying it's good, one is saying it's bad, right? Mm. Then for those who say we acquire materialism, right? It's almost an idea that we're, we're all taught this thing through our cultural systems. Yeah. Which we've kind of already entered at. But again, we're not experts in this field, so we're just saying that from our, from our own experience. Yeah. Um, it's the idea that like we are all born empty, right? So mm. as you're born empty, you're taught that you have to acquire meaning, you know, through materialistic possessions, mm. right? And then that way, because you acquire things and you feel, feel fulfilled in society, becomes it becomes template. a yeah. good thing as well, right? So, for example, they use the example of, you know, um, an average house being twice the size compared to when it was in World War II is a result mm. of, um, our desire to to build on material things and improve, mm. you know. Um, but then there's there's a few that says, well, it is bad, acquired, but but not good, but it's bad. Mm. And this is the last one, but this one kind of talks about how you can already guess where it's going from. It's pretty much the the anti-capitalistic view, mm. you know, and kind of what we also said as well, saying like. We're always bombarded with messages of advertisements mm. that, fo- that foster false ideas that our happiness is tied to when we acquire things that are material, mm. right? Yeah. And it's always re- it looks at the fact that we have this relationship that is endless between production and consumption. And it's like, it never ends. We keep producing, we keep consuming, but mm. that doesn't make any sense, right? Mm. So. Those are the four views. And it's funny how we've kind of touched on all views in a way. Perhaps except the first one. We've definitely spoken about how it's acquired in a way because we are in this system of, of um, econo- economic development is the only way forward. It's the only true growth. It's the only religion. And we've been yeah. bombarded with advertisements, advertisements as an example. Mm. But, we, but we also spoke about how from a religious perspective, we know that the teachings tell us that materialistic endeavors or materialistic leanings oh. often go against your spiritual growth, yeah. regardless of what religion you subscribe to. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing most teach that. Yeah. And also, we've also touched on the fact that, that even if it is innate, right, it has to be, wait, one Controlled. second. Controlled, yeah. No, 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 no. So we spoke about it being acquired and good, which is why I did not mention that. Obviously, 
we also need some kind of hustle mm. progress, like things to aim at. Mm. Um, because we need, to, we need to get our needs sorted, short term and long term. Yeah. So I guess what this does, people, is just to say that there's bits of each of these fields of thought of towards materialism that we can pick from but none on its own tells the true story mm-hmm. what do you mm-hmm. think Um, I think I agree mostly with it and I, I just saw something as well that maybe paints an easier picture in a non-academic sense of this idea of materialism which is thinking of materialism as a personality trait and then materialism as like a value system right and mm. the difference is as a personality trait is that you know it's just something that comes with the person like maybe they don't like to share they're possessive with their things um, or, you know, maybe in a negative sense, like envy, you know, you look at other people's stuff and it's things, it's something that you want, like see someone's new phone and you kind of like want to feel like that too. So you're kind of like looking for that or, um, yeah, just as a, it's an expression of your personality. And then the other one as a value system is that materialism is your, like the pathway that you think and you, for you exist, for you to be happy. Right. So like acquisition of more stuff is what mm. makes you genuinely happy and it's your sort of like point of ex- the point of existing is to get is to be happy and the way to be happy is to get the things that i want and so materialism is like the pathway towards happiness and you shape mm. it as your value system so that whenever you're looking at relationships or whatnot everything is centered around you being happy right and materialism is one of the pathways to get there so i think that also i feel like that covers most of the um either acquired or in it like bad section but doesn't really talk about the good section and when you mentioned last one the thing you mentioned about like like materialism on the acquired good as a way to drive growth and ambition and things like that i guess you know a lot of religious text and even some part of academia and whatnot would probably have a lot of research to debunk that that you know the way like there, there are better more effective ways to drive ambition than this sense of, you know, um, materializing. But the problem, when I wrote this in my notes somewhere, is that when you can't measure something, like, with numbers and adequately, it becomes a fuzzy target to hit. And we as human beings don't like fuzzy targets, right? So it's like... What do you mean by that? Like, it's easier to tell somebody that um, you need to aim to be better and, you know, guess X amount of money right and when you have this x amount of money then i would define that as happiness for you or you know are we going to measure the quality of your relationships and use that as a target like if you can get the quality of relationships to x level then you've sort of like passed um or you've gotten that point where we can define as a happy citizen and i think that's why you we can see the world's an economic system the things that numbers can measure are what seem to get improved because it's easier to track you know, how much you're making, all of those sorts of things. But it's harder to track 
what is the quality of your relationship with X person or with the world or, you know, what is your worldview and how healthy is that? Like, it's so subjective. And I think that that's where, you know, when we think about things on a massive scale and just personally for me as well, and I'm trying to tie this back to a personal thing so that it doesn't seem as if we're talking about just concepts in that sense. But for me as a person, I know it's very hard to measure and it's been very hard to measure sort of like quality of life when you don't use the factor of money and like economic progress in that sense. But I think, you know, something that the pandemic did for a lot of people as well was cause people to reevaluate what they were willing to give up to acquire certain things, which is why there's a lot of remote working going on and things like that. Because people are just like, you know, it's like we still got by somehow without having to put that much energy into this acquisition of things. So maybe that means I want something mm. different for my life in that sense. Um, and, you know, she did take a big world event like that for human beings to daily reassess what is important um, to them. But the funny thing is that, you know, in, on some days, and I'll stop my monologue very soon, but on some days you might feel the sense that, or I, I, let me personalize it, on some days I feel the sense that, you know, even without X, Y, Z amount of money or not being able to do some things that I want to do because they're quite expensive and out of my reach. Although on some days I feel like, you know, that's a loss and I need to do better to get there. There are other days when it's easier for me to look at the relationships and the things around me and, you know, feel some sense of satisfaction that even though I don't have this, like where I am and what I do have is valuable, um, even though I can't cash it in as a check, you know, in the bank and things like that. Um, and sometimes it's a call for me to always then remember to, yes, be ambitious. Nobody's asking. I've had this conversation as well about ambition and contentment and things like that. But I feel like, you know, if you lose sight of the things that you do have and the things that you can't really measure with the dollar figure, if you lose sight of that, then when, when does the chase stop, right, is, is the thing for me. Um, and that's how I like to think about it. So for me, materialism will always represent something negative in in my view um and i would i don't think i can buy into any sense of it being a reason to um you know for progress or the good side of it is what i would mm. say yeah that's interesting um i think you raised some good points as well in terms of how you distinguish um the objective metrics that we can always measure versus yeah. those that we can measure um but i think also like if it's always going to be a negative for you, I guess like, you know, we're, we're already living in a world where for like, since, particularly since tech came to the picture, mm. the typical ways people display materialism um, has changed. So before, in the 1990s, 2000s, it was all about flashy cars, Mm. and suits and your trappings how you display wealth um at least maybe this this example might be very biased towards the western world but you get my point mm. but nowadays you know with climate change with tech culture you know outwardly displaying material things except you're going for met gala with those crazy celebrities who were billion dollars of dresses in terms of price and still talk about being being <laughs> being a, being in a capitalist world that is terrible it's just a very mm. interesting paradox but anyway for sure and <laughs> and away from those 
actors. <laughs> so I want acting here, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I feel Take that back. That. Take I know that we're, back. <laughs> yes, we're not acting. We're real with you people. This is Take reality. This is the real world. Um, <laughs> Wait, go, go on. Sorry. I don't, and I don't give up. Um, <laughs> so much <laughs> intel to be acting like this. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> oh um, but yeah like you know you know my point where i'm going is materialism i think it's a, i think it's also changing how it looks is changing but i don't know how it's changing because my point is it was time where people show materialistic traits through cars through through what you wear as you wear yeah. a suit professionals people who are trying to show their wealth right mm. again bias towards the western world but yeah. now those those ways of displaying wealth or whatever is no more the same i mean it's, i mean it's, it's reducing yeah so what i'm but gonna i'm not saying material, i'm not saying that materialism is reducing just that just way, so i'm asking is. where is it now going to for such people yeah i feel like what's happening is that the idea of materialism and the push to show and show certain things in that period of time, I think it's based on how much these things cost and what are the markers of wealth that society currently celebrates, right? So because even though, for example, Mark Zuckerberg wears like a t-shirt and whatnot, you know, people are, some people always dive into it and say like, it's not wearing your Primark t-shirt, right? So like, it still costs a lot of money, right? So maybe it's not showy in that sense, but it feels like things have been reversed where simplicity and minimalism is now celebrated as the way to display true wealth, which is why you see, um, you know, some things that you're like, why does this cost so much? Because it's so simple and they concoct some very lovely mm. story for you about why it's what it is and things like that. Or, you know, um, I, I don't know, like Teslas, for example, like people that were getting Teslas because they cared about the environment and wanted to show themselves as, you know, whatever it is that they were. But Teslas can be super, are known to be quite expensive as well, even though people do the economic numbers of it, of the gasoline you have to buy and whatnot. But Teslas are sometimes a display of wealth, particularly within the tech ecosystem. At some 100%. point, even, exactly. Teslas are a status symbol in most cases. Exactly. Right. Um, whether it's by, whether it's by, wealth or ideology yeah yeah and then we then step up to the you know the ferraris and all of these things and like so i feel like the maybe some symbols are changing and some because to be fair like you still go on some youtube videos and people are calling people to buy their courses or whatnot because of the flashy lifestyles that they show so there's still that you know people see our the artists and the media like the entertainment industry, artists, like musicians and things like that. Some of them, particularly on our side of the world, still do the flashy things and do the very loud things. And people are still enthralled by that. So mm. um, maybe in, in our part of the world and in some upper echelons, things are changing because I, I, don't, I don't know what I was listening to where they were talking about old money versus new money. Because even in, like, you know, when we talk about some of these things, like if you think about Disney movies and all the stories of, you know, rich princess or rich kid versus someone from a backwater home and things like that. It's like, that's always been our idea of rich versus poor. But you now realize, and there are a lot of movies that show that as you're climbing the ladder, there's still that segregation. So, you know, even on the Titanic, I remember, I remember, you know, it talked about the, 
the guy, the, there's not, the woman that was quite American, but they were like, she's new money because yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no family history, no whatever, but you she landed into, into plenty. She just fell into plenty money. And although she, was, she had the rights, she was in the dining room with them, in the Titanic with them, in the rich people part of the ballroom with them, but there was still no respect there for who she was or what she had because it wasn't the kind of money that they respect. So that's just to show you that like, it's not, there's never really an, any end point in there. Um, and I guess the point I've just tried to make here is um, there are better ways to build a better life, right? And um, the more control that you can, that we as a people, even I as a person can exert on materialism and the earlier you can do that, I think the more you can, I don't know, maybe optimize for a better life in that sense, but who knows? I don't know. Sometimes my best is easier to get more money, to be fair. Um, so at what point do we then say, because sometimes there's material things that we opt for that enhance our better qualities. Yeah. Um, nice clothes make you look nicer. No. Yes. I mean, yes, you're <laughs> yes. right, but no, that's, <laughs> no, that's what I was not talking about. I was talking about. <laughs> um, oh, I'm just saying, like, I'm I'm trying to think of scenarios where like i'm trying to think of scenarios where a craving for material things beyond what one needs has proven beneficial well uh i don't know getting a better phone as a photographer and being able to take better pictures that gets you a better gig um I don't know. <laughs> For at the end of the day, we I feel like it's that thing that you can beat anything down and still make it seem <laughs> like you didn't really right. have to. Fair enough. So, Fair enough. Yeah. so if that's the case, then let's let's try and think about materialism from a sense of um relationships. Mm. Um I think it's worth thinking about because there's always there's always there's always a different dynamic with people where Something can perceived as materialism, some things are not. But it just depends on how you've been raised or brought up as a human being. Mm. Right? So, for example, you might meet people who, guys or men or women, who buy certain things. Not because they need them, but because they like them. And then they can afford them. And those things make them a lot more whatever, just to light them up. Mm. And then they meet people who probably are not on that spectrum, people who maybe grew up in a world where everything you buy must have meaningful function. Yeah. Right? How do you think such dynamics might play out? And do you think one can ever be on the wrong... Do you think one can ever be wrong about their stance on... By one, I mean the man or the woman, yeah. which, whichever they are in the category. Yeah. Um, I don't know, because... Does this question make sense? It makes sense. It makes sense, but it's What did you hear me say? That, you know, obviously, when we think in the context of relationships, some people might have been brought up differently, and maybe one thing that one person does that is not necessarily bad, but the person has grown up, like, using that as a way to you know, check a certain box in their life, but the other person hasn't grown up in that environment 
Um, so is it possible for that person to see what that person is doing mm-hmm. as bad? And let's bring this home. Maybe there's a person that likes to buy expensive watches, right? Or, yeah, buy expensive watches. Maybe that's their thing. Like, they have a watch collection, right? What's, if you've grown up in an environment where collection, the idea of having a collection of anything feels like a complete waste of time and a stain on someone's moral character, can you be with someone that, you know, that's how they've grown up and mm. they've seen nothing bad in it in that sense? So that's the question you're asking. But also, I'm asking, like, can you point them out as wrong? So, as I, so, wrong. I, guess, so I guess I'm also asking in the sense of, if you're in a relationship with somebody, and actually this can even also be a friend, yeah. do, do we have the moral compass as anybody to say what you're doing is this wrong? Is, yeah. This is bad. <sighs> and, if, and if we do, at what, at what point of relationship can we do that? <laughs> you know, because if you have a friend who's materialistic right now, you either yeah. shut up or you talk. Yeah. But when do you talk? So if you, you talk, what do you say? <laughs> but, but if you shut up, is that also okay? Mm. And also, before you even talk or shut up, who says that your judgment of the, of the materialism is actually materialism, given that you have different backgrounds and upbringing? So that's my complex question. Yeah. I think how somebody and how I would try to rationalize it, normally I would even put myself, like, <laughs> I would just observe it. I think I wouldn't talk. And just, you know, yeah, like, except I understood, I feel like I could seem beyond the surface because I can't just judge it based on the fact that you're buying a collection of watches using our example that I gave. Okay, so you won't talk for a friend, but what if this is now somebody who's your girlfriend? Because I think, yeah. isn't, isn't not talking also a decision that might be costly? Absolutely. So I think it connects to our previous episode, which is where I'll figure, like, I need to figure out for myself what that means and if i multiply this by 10 or 20 is it something that i feel like is not going to be a problem because again if it is that out of a hundred percent the person is spending two or three percent on this thing but it still feels a lot to me like i feel like in that you'll be a bit weird to be putting that much pressure on that small percentage but if it was that you can tell and it's very obvious that this person is going out of their way and organizing their life around this thing and you can already see it almost ends in the means like what's happening after it is not positive in the context of your relationship then obviously i think it's something that you need to speak like up for or speak against that's how other factor it's like for me to not be about the thing they're doing their, themselves is like the context around it is what i would say um but again there's a line because i've given very i've given a small situation where it's three percent like I, what percentage <laughs> is it would it become an issue for me? Let's not even talk about material things. Now, there's a, there was a thing going on on Twitter right now about how much of your income should you spend on rent. And general financial advice is two to three months. <laughs> well, let's sigh. Oh my God, I think it's, we, we need to make this a segment. I think we need to just make it a thing whenever you sigh. Because I'm like, it always does it when it comes to these things. Explain your sigh. That's what we are. That's what we do. Explain your sigh. What's your sigh about now? <laughs> uh. <laughs> I have something against this might be being a nerd or whatever but some questions are pointless <laughs> oh, as simple as that there's no point asking anybody 
what do you think the be- because the categories of variables for what makes optimum rent mm. per person, per location, per job, per career trajectory, per comfort, per safety. I can keep going. It's mm. endless. So, except someone has made a fantastic machine model that can predict every freaking category, and except somebody has been wise enough to think of every category put into the model, mm-hmm. then let's, let's, let's have a conversation. But it's a pointless question because you, you de- those kind of debates would, e- would never end. <laughs> Fair point. They would never end. Like, there will always be another, oh, but what if? Mm. So I think I sigh because it's a classic debate that people, Enjoy the debate more than Rather actually than figuring the out. product of the yeah. problem. And that's yeah. why I say at the waste of time. Yeah, yeah. Fair, fair points. Fair points. The only um, benefit of that I can see is maybe somebody who already spent like eighty percent on their rent. Yeah. And then they the learn that. Case, yeah. Extreme cases, but yeah, people, yeah. When people not, now start negotiating between three months, four months, all of these things. So I, I guess it, it applies to the situation we're talking about in a way where I'm saying, okay, so maybe you hold a view of your rent should never be more than like one month and then you, you're with someone that thinks because of the comfort level I desire and whatever, I'm fine spending four months or five months of my, um, my yearly whatever on accommodation per month or whatever, however you want to calculate it. So what do you do in that situation? Like, you know, do you continue, can you continue a relationship with someone that when you then eventually get married or whatnot and both of you use finances are together, the idea of what I guess compromise you should compromise and everybody should find a new level of what it is. But I guess no, there is there is no <laughs> way I'm getting to that point without <laughs> without a prior agreement on on what our system is. Yeah, fair point. Um, Which is no, what think, the dating phase is about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There yeah. is. <laughs> it's really, it's really going to shock my future spouse how I actually bring out <laughs> documents to take box. And I agree better, things on. Better be somebody that enjoys the, I guess it's with someone that enjoys those kinds of things because at the first time of some people there, like someone, ju- someone just heard that now and I was taking you off their, I'll be taking your name off their dating list. Like, Congrats to you. <laughs> <laughs> like, nope, I can't do this. Sorry, Wally. Uh, now it's too far. I, I've been managing, but this, this is where, this is the straw that breaks the camera. Uh, <laughs> it breaks, it breaks. Um, I'm sure you made somebody better. Yeah. Um, oh, jeez. But my point is like that question I asked you was a genuine question because mm. first of all, I always wonder like what is my my own um, moral compass? Because materialism, as in a way, there's a, there's a thin line between not a thin line. There's a point in which you can't really say somebody is or isn't, but it depends on where you are as a person. Mm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know. And it's one of those things where I think in relationships is also very important because obviously links a lot to finance. Mm. Which and, is a... and, and people evaluate differently. But maybe let's end on the note of how do you stay comfortable comfortable in not being materialistic? What are some things that you do that makes you comfortable that doesn't give you doesn't make you feel pressure to um, join the gang yeah it's 
it's um I, I don't have the perfect answer yet um and it's a continuous process for me and i think it's all about um scriptural people and people that are like you know christians and whatnot you he, this phrase i'm going to mention will seem very obvious to you but it's like putting the body under um and so i think for me it's about not letting my desires control like organ i'm not going to organize my life around my desires purely around my desires is what um i try to do so um yeah i think that, that, that that's the perfect answer for it for me um not organizing my life around my personal desires because you know i know that i can wake up and sometimes the practical thing is just letting time pass between when i know i want something and not even when i get it but when i start making moves to mm. potentially get it because some people do the thing where you want something and then you don't get it immediately but you start rearranging things and making things available in your life to get that thing um for me i take it a step i try to take it a step you know further and even before i start making any kind of moves to mm. put me in a position to get that thing i just let time pass and guys like i'm sure you've heard this in so many places so many books it's funny what time passing and you experiencing new things does to the desires that you want. <laughs> like it's just it's it's weird. It's we've they've said it. We should know it by now, but sometimes we don't. And that's why I said it's like a it's a continuous process of becoming better at being that person. And so it manifests itself in different ways. Not even in buying things. In this podcast that we were doing, you know my tendencies, <laughs> right? For making certain decisions about certain things and the investors I tend to make in certain things because I feel like I have the ability to. Someone can draw lines from that. I'm connected to how when it comes to certain things, I would also make decisions like that. And so it's also a process of learning and exposing yourself enough to people that can speak into your life in that way and call out things. Because I think we have plenty blind blind sides when we're looking at things from our, our own perspective, which is why relationships are also important and having those core relationships with people that have the ability to say things to you in certain cases but long answers short um the way i try to control consumerism and materialism in my life is by putting the body under and just you know putting time and distance between my desires and the actions that i take to try and acquire them uh -huh. um yeah although there's a threshold in the sense that if the thing is small enough and i think it's insignificant like in the context of the situation is largely insignificant i'm just going to do it right for example i cannot bear for some reason anytime my screen protector has like just even a tiny scratch or crack my brain just loses it and i almost right there and then <laughs> want to go buy another one so but i did one time i let the scratch and the crack like stay for like two months before like i think when i even came to the uk my thing was cracked before i got a new one so my, my, this has been cracked for like <laughs> yeah I, i'm the kind of person where if, if i if i make if i put it on and i've got a bubble i'm fine yeah you might oh jeez yeah no so for me I, i've had those are the situations where i try to control myself um sometimes even with food sometimes like i just think like don't order food when you're really hungry because you always order more than you can eat is what i realized as well so yep, that is so true <laughs> yeah yeah you can always deal with it yeah but sometimes like you know i'm super hungry and i'm like oh my god i just opened the app and you're like yes this this too is that enough next restaurant 
and then the first delivery comes. Like, I can so relate like, to that. And you're like, <laughs> the first delivery is so huge. You're like, so bro. huge, and you're like, bro, what did I do? Like, and then now becomes a chore because you're like, I, this thing can't waste. So I obviously have to like finish it. And so my the thing I like to do in life is also to take scenarios like that and try and paint them on other things in that have bigger stakes. And I'm like, if in a small case like this, I could feel this way, ah, let me just chill, right? And mm. you know, something and. I'll wrap up with this point that, and this is the thing about this thing I'm saying about imposing smaller situations on bigger things. But it's that I think in life we get the opportunity to try out and test out things in safe environments that have lower stakes, but the lessons that we get from them can go really further. And I'm going to wrap up with this example. It, like right now, like, you know, in most churches at the start of the year, there's always like a fast going on and things like that. And you know, that thing of, you know, on on one day you can be working so hard and whatnot. When in the middle of the year and you forget to eat, but the moment <laughs> the moment they say there's a fast, like you're kind of like hungry. And I think it's just understanding that like, uh, uh, if you let your body and your desires like drive everything, you will not be able to, I guess, be the person that you truly can be when you're fully in control. Because at four o'clock you can be super hungry, but if you ride that wave. You, next thing you know at six you kind of like still haven't put anything in your mouth because you weren't exactly focused on that thing but anyways point wrapped up is Wally asked me how do I deal with materialism and consumerism and for me it's just putting distance between my decisions and my desires eh to table quote me on that bam I rest my case <laughs> for me it's uh, I have no standard formula I don't know if I even I think there's some things that I definitely purchase that i don't really have to um but i think at the same time i've done quite a good job of knowing what the limit is um i think even though the issue is i'm I'm very good at creating problems that don't exist (laughs) and say okay there's this problem that exists and i've solved it with this problem with this other thing but if i'm being very if I'm not being harsh on myself, I'll be honest and say one thing I've done a good job with is avoiding the peer pressure to distort mm. my sense of materialism. Mm. Um, and, I, and I thank God for that because it's so easy to do that, particularly in this kind of environment mm. that we're in. Um, mm. I think one thing I do notice is that Whenever I, if I go on material things, mostly it's often things that would make me more comfortable because I'm not going to lie, my clothes and stuff that I buy, they are really like expensive brands. Mm. I don't think I even have any luxury brand that I own. <laughs> um, as, as, as luxury as they go, might just be my Zara. <laughs> <laughs> oh I mean, I haven't done an, 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 an audit check, but I don't think I, I don't think I do luxury yeah. brands per se, but I do dress well and I don't think I need luxury brands to make me feel like I, I dress well. And I dress well because it's just in my DNA to dress well. It's how my, mm. I was, I was born that way, literally. Mm. Um, but I guess our point is also like when I had that seven week um One week adventure <laughs> with my i honestly had a profound change in how i saw clothing mm. and since since i've started since i've moved 
and I've I'm started working, I haven't bought one thing. Because mm. I thought I thought I was gonna oh I'm gonna start where I'm gonna buy. I've not bought one thing because I felt I don't need mm. one thing. Mm. Um, and that's just because I realized whenever I walk down the road, whenever I get to work, my value is not in how I look, even though it's yeah. presentable. Mm. Right. For first of all, I trust that I look presentable. I know that I yeah. do. I know that I'm not I'm not somebody who appear and daily um look diminished. Yeah. But the point is I know that a lot of my value is is not in how I look, mm. but it's in things that I produce. Mm. And I don't have a lack or an insecurity to overcompensate for that. Mm. And Typically, that would, that would, that would, that would, that is so called like if you're like going for like a party somewhere or you're going to a place where maybe like you're the only black guy and you want to just this. But I've never felt like that kind of feeling in like a long time, particularly yeah. in the last six months. Like, I am me, this is what I got. And you almost know in the background, like when you talk to somebody, you just know, you know what you are, you know what you're, what you're coming with. So you don't need to, show anything to prove that that's who you are because yeah. if they're lucky they'll, they'll get the adventure of finding out themselves mm. um mm. of course if, if you're working you got to graph so that you can you can, you can <laughs> please your bosses yeah. and your managers but yeah. in most settings you get the point yeah right so i think for me that's been the biggest change and even though a lot of, a lot of my money has gone into furniture and rubbish like that um <laughs> That's for your the, personal space. Right? That's my personal space. Yeah. Right. That's my every that's where I'll be every day. And I think ever since I heard them, JP say, you know, the, the things you do every day are the things that most put on your life. Because the numbers just make it add up. Mm-hmm. I kind of took that saying into the place you are every day is the place that builds up your mental peace and your mental strength. Yeah. Because that's that, that's what adds up. So I would never go cheap for home and go splurge for outside. Mm. Never. Mm, um, for sure. Yeah. And, and, that's the, and, that, and that's the kind of idea that I hope people can take forward is regardless of what culture brings, regardless of what culture says, where we have to go for parties and do this and do that. In the end, there's still ways, if you're in a culture that, that, that preaches and rewards lavish, there are still ways you can almost look the part without having to lavish. And I think that's a skill you have to also learn, right? Because I understand, I'm not naive to know that for us, for Nigerian folks, we are allowed, mm. right? In our, in our, it's an engagement, it's a wedding, we are allowed, right? It's a normal thing, I get that. Mm. But there's many ways that you can do that. And I know for a fact, because when I was younger and I used to go for a lot of stuff, weddings and stuff, I didn't have any money in my account, but I would still look okay. That's mm-hmm. because I developed a skill to know how to combine things that will make you look okay. Mm. So you, sometimes the effort you put is, is cognitive effort to translate your raw to good production. Mm. You, may not, you may not get your, from cassava to, you may, you may, you may not get a bar, but you might get some, some Gary Flakes. <laughs> and like, if anybody doesn't know what a bar is, just Google the EBA. <laughs> and and that, would, that, would, that would get you somewhere. Um, yeah. but the point is also ask your why's because some of you listening may not actually be in positions where you are lacking in your needs. Mm. 
You're mm-hmm. very well blessed with your needs. You're very well blessed with things that you have. So maybe just ask, well, why do I need more of certain things? Or maybe if you need more, why does that more need to happen now? You know, yeah. time, time is also a factor. Absolutely. Why now? Why today? Why this? <laughs> what makes today so important? What makes next week important? And yeah. it's just about, I, I just hope that helps. Yeah. And the final thing I'll say is really, just as you were talking, is, particularly on this last point, is that experiment, right? If you've always done things a certain way. True. Yeah. Just try something else, right? So um, sometimes life will force you to experiment, right? Like, L- like me. Like the like yeah. Wallace situation. But, you know, you can perform experiments on yourself. And just, again, like, what's the point of living life if you only get stuck in one way of doing things? Obviously, experiment with caution. Nobody's asking you to, like, do things that have, <laughs> like, you know, bad repercussions down the line. It's like someone tells you to experiment and the next thing you have two kids with somebody. That's, like, a very bad experiment. I don't know why I give that example. Stop I don't know where it came from. I, <laughs> exactly. So, but the point is, so, for example. It's two if, kids, bro. One kid, maybe. Well, one kid is... <laughs> And you could get twins. Some people you, should. You already got your, 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 your data from from the first <laughs> kid. From the first kid. Oh, but but the point I'm saying is that you know, do you have you tried like have you given maybe have you tried giving all the clothes in your closet out? Like not all, but the things that you don't wear. Like, have you opened your wardrobe and seen something that you've not worn? Maybe get a booklet and see when you wear things, how many times you wear things and stuff word, like that. Yo, word, yo, like, word, word, like, word. I, guy, <laughs> I'm no more saving clothes for special days. <laughs> I'm no more doing that. What I'm doing like, now is trying yeah. to combine things, right? Because it starts mm-hmm. jumping. Because speaking of this clothing example, like you might have some, some again, I either we go back to clothing because it's, <laughs> it's not about clothing, but yeah, you might, have some, you might have some shirts that you can only wear in the summer, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's just cold if you wait alone yeah but for life, like how would i just wait for like <laughs> three months a year to put on this shirt mm, mm. that is that's a waste of my money me buying this shirt <laughs> so what i'm doing now is finding ways to combine this shirt in the winter yeah in places that i can go so that i can wear yeah. it all year long yeah and then that way i'm not saving for any special occasion absolutely i feel like i now that i'm just realizing it i feel like <laughs> if we're ever going to bring a guest for an episode like this, it will be my brother. And I'm sure my sister is listening to this right now. And she's <laughs> Oh my god, it took success for my brother. It, like it's quite interesting. Like he's in a very different I won't call it his up frugality. It's just it's very like he's a very special human being. Like, Wait, so so him and Daniel, who's worse? Uh I think no, I think Daniel's level is a bit higher <laughs> than his because <laughs> But he's very like if you ask him any question about anything, for him his answer is always functionality. Like the glam, like even when it comes to like his bikes and the things that he spends money on and whatever, it is functionality. Like I feel like even my brother in Nigeria is the same situation. Um yeah. And actually my sister is kind of like that, but I guess her level is like slightly higher. So like she will still do things because yeah. and all the things. But anyways, this is just a fun, as you were, to, as you were just talking, I just remember like, Oh my God, I think I experienced like, uh, I saw it live. <laughs> I saw it live happening in my face. And I'm like, <laughs> interesting. Like that, like I thought I was interesting, but this is, this is next levels. level. This is next level. Levels next to level, bro. aspire to in a kind of way. But anyways, um, this is a good conversation. And what I've, I think what is take what I'm taking away from it is because there are certain decisions that I have I'm in the middle of making and making this year. And sometimes, you know, I think about the pressure it puts me under because 
it's me trying to shoot for something better or whatever like and some so again some goals are nice to have and not to drag on on this point i think what i've anything that starts to cause me anxiety is already like a flag of yeah was 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 going around here you understand which is weird because i i tend to overthink certain things and put myself in that situation but i think I, i don't know what i watched recently that actually yeah final point i promise guys this is the last sidetrack i'll make but Right now, um, the club I support, Arsenal, we're doing quite well this season. And Wally's rolling his eyes and looking elsewhere. But we're doing quite well this season. But I was telling someone that, you know, people, people ask why we watch sports and all of those things. And I think for someone like me, and maybe for someone like you, Wally, is that sometimes we also draw lessons from all the things that are going on. And for me, like the whole supporting Arsenal over the last couple of years and what's going on this season has also been a kind of experience and just picking things out. But someone said something about, like, enjoy this moment. Because like, all of us are talking about, oh, we might win the title this season. But it's like, don't let the desire for something really awesome lying at the head and some months away rob you of the joy of enjoying the process that is, like, going on right now in it. So either, like, same thing with, like, troubles. Troubles or joy down the line. Like, that day will come and whatever the solution is, either is joy or sorrow, you would experience it. But don't let that rob you of the peace or the enjoyment for today. And how that applies to me and how I've applied that in my daily living is that sometimes something is coming up, like maybe an interview or something. And one month, two weeks, three weeks down the line, I'm already putting myself under that pressure as if the day has already come. Mm. And this is like a couple of months away. And I'm like, why? So right now, every time I catch myself doing that, I'm just like, that's like april's business right now there's something else in front of me and i'm just going to soak myself in that and obviously there's a balance because you can't lose sight of the future and shortchange yourself by doing things in the present but in this some ways I, you guys are smart enough to pick what the point is and how it connects to materialism but pretty much that's what i wanted to just drop in there before we run away um, word, i want to close us with our yellow piece. word bro um ladies and gentlemen yeah. thanks for making this far um again just to remind you you're done with the episode now, so please check out our, our campaign, Yellow Peel Junkies. Mm-hmm. Um, link in the description, fill up our survey, and we get a chance to win 25 pound Amazon vouchers you can use for whatever incoming Easter or whatever. <laughs> I don't know, but you got a chance to win it. Yeah. Um, two actually, we've got two two chances to win Amazon Amazon vouchers. Um, please help us in the link below in the description. Next week, we'll be reviewing movies as always linked to materialism and maybe consumerism um options might be over the he- over the hedge wall e american cycle Wolf of wall street or fight club we'll let you guys find out next week interesting ah okay i think this is another fun experiment of discovering the titles of the movies that you know talk about or show the themes or whatever very interesting because i was thinking about this particular episode and i was like which movie would this man pick but anyways um evidence that what is one that does all the work guys i just show up and no no no, no, no toby's being <laughs> too modest <laughs> ladies and gentlemen have a fantastic week um i hope you have a great week and stay healthy and you stay blessed mm-hmm. all right take it easy thank that. you for staying in as always bye-bye ciao ciao and now a personal note to you our listeners to you listening right now 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the LPO podcast. Now we know that in our culture of 30-second content and quick sound bites, it makes it really hard to pay attention to longer form discussions. So regardless of what brought you here, we are grateful for your time. Do give us a five-star rating and review if you like this episode. Also be sure to continue the conversation with your friends, your family, and your colleagues. Another way to support us is by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. We release new episodes every Monday. But don't forget to follow us at the Yellow Peel Pod on Instagram and at Yellow Peel underscore pod on Twitter to stay in touch with us during the week. Once again, folks, thank you for taking Yellow Peel with us today. I'm your co-host Wally as always, and right next to me is Toby. And we both wish you the very best in the coming weeks. Till next time, peace and love, people. Peace and love.